So, you know, last week you were talking about maybe change of direction, that you're not going to do so many funerals in the future and all that kind of it's, stuff. It's all possible. I just don't know. Yeah. Well, I just have a concern, really. Mm-hmm. Um, because what about that money that I've prepaid you for my funeral? Yeah. Yeah, you did, didn't you? Yeah, I forgot about well, that. Will, will I get that back? I, no, no. Uh, I think I think the phrase that I'm I'm learning is I regret taking that money. Let's move on. I think that deals with it all, doesn't it? <laughs> well, that's four pound fifty. I won't see again. Welcome everybody to episode 219 of the Midfaith Crisis podcast. Um, my name is Nick Page. I think. <laughs> you have to check that. I did. I literally looked <laughs> to see whether it was written in. Yes. Some indication of the fact that you've literally just come through the door, sat down, switched everything on. Oh, it's manic, I tell you. It's absolutely manic at the moment. Yeah, so uh, yeah. who knows where this is going to lead. <laughs> I mean, you know... Uh, anyway, my name is Nick Page, is. and I'm joined by Joe Davis. Yes, hello. Here I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you all right? Uh, yeah, I'm all right. Just, I've just had one of those days where, uh, well, one of those weeks, really, where, you know, it's one thing after another, and I, I don't yeah. cope very well with that, that level of um, efficiency. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> But uh, anyway, I, I don't know if there's any notices. I don't think there's any notices. We'll talk about, um, because we were recording this after your event last night. Oh, so yeah. We'll, we'll catch up with that. Oh, yeah. But um, in the meantime, how are you? Yeah, well, you know, better than last week, I think it's fair to say. Last week, I, you know, was crazy busy. And, and it's just been a little bit more m- measured this week. And uh, that has definitely helped. I think here's what I've noticed. I've noticed that my resting mood... When I'm not stressed and, you know, busy all the time, I've noticed that my resting mood is definitely still sadness and um, grief, I guess. You know, doing the tragic funerals that I do, um, I'm really concerned about some <laughs> sick family members, you know, and I'm really worried about them. So my sister-in-law's got, you know, having an operation for bowel cancer and my brother's pretty ill and my other sister-in-law is not particularly well. So, you know, just struggling with that stuff, so... Yeah, I think it's still yeah. griefy stuff. It, it's going on, isn't it? Well, I think you're particularly it's particularly hard for you because you're you're um, you know obviously your business <laughs> is part of it My as well. Business model is death. I'm not sure that's really <laughs> helping me. <laughs> you're in the grief business, and that's pretty hard. It's pretty, you're taking you're taking your work home with you, aren't you? In that sense, um, so that's pretty it's pretty tough. Yeah, yeah, oh, mate. So yeah, there's lot that it feels like there's lots of sadness around and as a seven you know i don't deal with you know enneagram sevens we don't like that you know we tend to um we tend to throw ourselves into like just having fun to avoid mm. it anyway we'll say a bit more about this later on in fact because i think i understand why i was so angry last week we'll come back to that um well, okay. obviously we did have staying defiantly uh the little ones yes so how did that go well uh it's really hard to know, isn't it? Because I was involved in doing it. But what I can say is the quality of the people who showed up there were fantastic because most of them were listeners. Some fabulous listeners who I'd not seen before. So 
that yeah, was well, just great. a treat and and wonderful and 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 you know church leaders and and other interested parties and uh, interesting dave and joe were absolutely superb so i was kind of hosting it i had the easy ride mm. and they had the tough stuff um so that was good uh i was speaking at a home group tonight a little mid-faith crisis group so that's fun that's fantastic yeah yeah i'm really looking forward to that so that's a zoom that's not actually in person yes. it's a zoom because yeah. i think they're in the in Oh, I don't know where they are actually. I better not put my foot in it. But you better find out. Yeah, I should find out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm loving the fact that you are the public face of this podcast, <laughs> and you're going out and doing all this. This is great. One does one's best. <laughs> yeah. It's about, how are you? I do feel for you, mate, because you, you do seem to have been un, well much busier than normal, which can't be a good thing. Yeah. Well, it's just I. I mean. Uh, I, I don't bore people with it, but there's loads of stuff at work and lots of events. And mm. um, I think people would look at my work and go, well, you're not that busy, chum. But I don't mm. react well to, you know, lots of things in the diary. It yeah, panics no, me and I'm I, the I same. don't like that. But did it yeah. used to? Or is this a, a new, a newer thing for you? I think it, you're right. Yeah, no, I don't think it used to. I think, but then we all went through a phase, didn't we, where we sort of justified ourselves by just how busy we were and how yeah. much travelling we were doing. And, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, pre-pandemic, you know, I was doing loads of speaking, which I'm not doing now. Yeah. And, um, and you know, that, that, that was kind of one of the badges of honour that yeah. you, were, you were doing all that. Uh, whereas now, clearly, I'm just employing you to do it. And that's great. Just push people your duration. You've rediscovered the speaking business. <laughs> when you say employing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've paid you £4.50 in advance yeah. for the whole funeral thing. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, on the plus side, I haven't read any. I haven't been to the news websites once today because I've been so busy. And actually, how refreshing that is not to go there and see all that stuff going on. So, so, so we nice. don't know who's been sacked, resigned, or gone from the government today. No, I mean, I'm presuming we'll get a new prime minister because we've had this one for about three weeks. Now, I think we have. Yeah. yeah. So he's well worn out. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, doing that, thinking a lot about like you were talking about last week, but lots about future plans and mm. what we're going to do and all that kind of stuff. And that, that um, plays on your mind a bit. Mm. Um, I did, however, preach at the weekend. I spoke oh, did at the you? weekend. Oh, good. Mm. Yeah. That was good. Excellent. Was it good? Well, I think it was all right. You never feel like it, it, you know, you come off and think, oh, I could have done that a lot better. But what I was trying to talk about was the need, you know, it was almost like listening as a prophetic act. You know, I was trying to talk about how mm. do you affect the culture? And, of course, you know, you can't, you can't affect the culture by, you know, legalistic ways. You that's the mistake Christians mm. have always made. They think mm. if we can get the levers of power, mm. we can change the culture. Mm. But actually, the the way that historically Christianity has changed the culture is from the bottom up. You know, mm. um, permeating culture. And I, so I was actually talking about what does it mean to be countercultural. And one of the things I was focusing on was what you were doing Tuesday night, which is listening, mm. talking to people trying mm. to find ways through difficult problems, remaining in community mm. with one another. Yeah. So the idea of a, of, of a unified community, a community that disagreed as a prophetic act and yeah. stayed together. Yeah, you know, that's I think so that's really. So I was talking about that, really. Yeah. So it had its moments. Uh, what's it, what else? Oh, now here's the other thing, talking of listening. Mm. Uh, you know that I'm rather fond of the Beatles. Um, you yes. know, it grew up. Grew up yeah. with them. Well, not literally with them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Although 
George Harrison did live in our kitchen, but I don't know what he was doing there. Um, they've just issued remastered uh, versions of Revolver. Okay. That's good, is it? Oh, man, you Philistine. Anyway, uh, and, and I was listening to that, and it caught, sort of inspired me to go and listen to music properly again you know like because we don't really listen to it we have it on in the background and have this oh, but yeah, actually uh, yeah. put on a pair of headphones and listen to that album and you just hear things you've never heard before it's brilliant so i've got a bit more into listening to some of my classic albums i am again. happy for you that's i mm. mean you know i'm not as be- i mean you're a lot older than me and i think that's why the beatles thing. um really <laughs> really <laughs> Probably old enough to remember right. them a bit more than you. But are, you're right; it yeah. is fantastic to revisit the albums that sort of formed us. That would be a nice discussion sometime. Yeah. What are what what is what's in your top ten most important albums? And I'm guessing that's going to take you back to your early teenage years for some of that, because that's that's the sort of music that I think stays with us all our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I've enjoyed that, and that's very good for you, I think, to listen to that and pay attention to it. It's good. Anyway, so that's me, really. Now, uh, I put a section in here yeah. uh, earlier in the week, which which is a new section, uh, <laughs> although it is a version of something that we've done in the past because we're always having to do this, and it's 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 called What I Meant to Say Was. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's such a good section. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and it's kind of like further reflections on what we were talking about uh, last week. So you're unusually uh, angry. I felt last. Yes. Week. Yeah. You're right. I got I got steamed up, and I think uh, I think a because you were very helpful in listening. Thank you. But also, I think I I listened to myself a bit more. <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing, really. And um, I think I know what was going on. Really, uh, I did hint at it that you know sometimes we push out. We push out our own anger onto other people. It stops mm. us having to deal with our own. I don't think I was pushing out my anger. I My reflection is I was doing what my personality type does, which was avoiding dealing with my own pain by quite enjoying getting outraged uh, and angry with someone else. Um but of course, it doesn't work because it didn't take away my sadness. It just temporarily took my mind off it. But as soon as I stopped being angry, then my sadness was back full force. Um, so I, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not pleased with what I said last week. Really, in terms of, you know, sort of criticizing leaders, it's so easy to do it and to believe the media storm. Um, you know, but I was thinking, supposing. Sunella Bravman was a friend of mine. Supposing she was my neighbour. Supposing Matt Hancock was. Mm. And then they had these, you know, issues and problems. Wouldn't I try and spin it out a bit more kindly? Would I be on their side a bit more? Um, You know, would I try and be a bit more compassionate? And the answer to all those things is, yeah, I would. For sure. For sure. If they were my friends, I might not agree with them. And, I, you know, what they've done may have been bad and or terrible or immoral or inappropriate or whatever but i think if they were friends you mm. you'd, you'd cut them the slack that friendship does and you know it, it brings to mind all those verses you know about don't judge lest you be judged and all the rest of it and i think yeah no i i, I definitely don't want to be that angry judgy 
person. It doesn't heal the world. Anyway, what I'm what I'm trying to say is, I I do know better. I think what was actually happening last week was in the stress and pressure of everything and not wanting to face my own sadness. I just jumped on a bit of a bandwagon of getting angry. And I don't mm. think it helped anything upon reflection. Uh, I knew it wouldn't. I do think there's a place for righteous anger. I don't think it's wrong to get angry at injustice and things like that. But I do. I just think last week it didn't do me any favours. It hasn't changed anything. I think it was, you know, I'm trying to lose weight. So I couldn't go to my normal thing of just eating, which makes me feel better. Because when you're trying yeah. to lose weight, that is yeah. slightly incompatible. <laughs> so, so I got angry instead. It doesn't work. Well, I think it's interesting. I, I, I mean, you say it didn't achieve anything, but it gave us rather a good start to the podcast. Actually, so, you know, I, I oh, yeah. should never, over, never overlook this. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't beat yourself up too much about it. I think it is that, you know, that, that you feel very strongly about something, you feel very emotional about something. And it's, it's, it's not like you were angry over sort of trivial things. It was actually things that you feel are really important. Yeah, but, you know, there's there's a scale of anger, isn't there? There's sort of mild annoyance and then there's irritability mm, yeah, and then there's kind of, yeah. you get stronger and stronger. You don't want to jump to a 10 when it's not necess- it's, it's not appropriate to jump to a 10, especially with people I don't even know. That I think that's my point. Yeah. I think a more appropriate response is, did you hear this? You know, God, you know, that stuff really winds me up. That would have done it. But you're, I mean, I've... You know, to be kind to you because I think normally you're very good at it. You're normally you don't do that. Normally I am the one who, as you know, can get wound up. The one difference would be, I suppose, is that you know you were talking about. Would you say the same thing about if they were your friend? And I certainly would. Yeah, no, that's true. You would. You know, I was thinking. You have. If, if I had one of those worship leaders around, worship songwriters around in front of me, I don't think I'd tone it down much. Um, but true. I think it's. I, I don't know. It really struck me. I was um, at a sort of gathering on Saturday morning of, uh, to do with church, and we, we to prepare for that, we'd read through Ephesians, All right. which is it's brilliant. Yeah, I've nice. read it for ages. It's great. And there's some really interesting bits in there that I might come back to. But there was one verse that sort of jumped out at me in the light of what we've been talking about, which is um, uh, verse uh, chapter 4, verse 25, uh, following a couple of verses. And, he, and it says, Speak truth to your neighbour. Uh, be angry, but do not sin, and do not make room for the devil. Whatever you you know yeah. want to think about that last <laughs> bit, but but I like I like that because that is our role to speak truth to our neighbour, and sometimes that might be a hard truth. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and also because he just acknowledges that we are going to get angry. It's not saying don't get angry. Yeah, he's saying be angry, but but you know maybe don't sin with it. You know, don't let it lead to other things. So yeah, sure. You know, I I don't know. It just struck it struck me as that's a really good ver- helpful verse for that. But anyway, um, well, thank you for being. I uh, what I love is your honesty, and I I loved it last week because it was honest. It's just you. There aren't you you. If it was me, I'd have carefully edited it all to make myself look better. <laughs> I couldn't put you through that. <laughs> no, I think we all love your honesty and we love what you bring, so that's great. You're very kind. Anyway, look, this is uh, I, I feel rather horribly sincere there. So, I, no, yeah. should we should we move Still on? Like, I can't quickly? handle it. Yeah, please, let's let's move on. Let me just add to that that you're a complete and utter. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I can deal with that. 
Is that better? <laughs> it is better. Bless you. Good. Thank you. I think we mm. brought it back. We brought it back. Mm. <laughs> Right. So let's let's move on to some feedback. Let's and let's move on to a wonderful poem. This is from Mim. She says, Hi Joe and Nick, I'm sorry to hear that you've both been having tough times. Thank you, Mim. It's encouraging to hear you both laughing together despite that though. A great reminder of the power of friendship. Hmm. Uh, she says, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she says, I've listened to a few episodes out of sync. Uh, listening really does feel like community, even though it's one sided. She mentions her mm. thin place is a beautiful, simple, converted barn in the hills. And she said, being there and walking from there and seeing the views is amazing. I sometimes go there on a day off and have a mini retreat. It reminds me of the aquarium retreat that I think Nick mentioned. It was me. It was me. Uh, it's a way I can incorporate retreat into everyday life, away from the demands of being at home. And God's presence is always felt there. You're right in that describing that feeling is so, so difficult. But here's a poem I wrote whilst there a while ago, which for me captures some of the feeling. And here is the poem. The sun pours over and time stands still. The colours are magnificent, kissing the tops of the hills. The heat holds your face like a gentle embrace. Turn your face to it. Close your eyes. Soak it in. Let it permeate. Hear the beat, start to move, leave the world, just be, and enough. Suspend life, wrapped in nature. The breeze delicately traces its fingertips, sending shivers down your neck. Tickled by the cushioned grass, the earth speaking, reminding, nurturing. Well, I, do you know, I love some of the phrases in that. I love I love the concept of being wrapped in nature and the breeze delicately tracing its feet. I just think that's wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, Mim. Yeah, there is such a power in just um, sort of stopping and uh, just being in that moment, isn't there? It's it's just wonderful. Now, I'm going to read a couple more uh, emails, and the the tone is slightly different with these, as you're about to find out. But I. I just felt somehow it's important to share these ones with you. And I did ask permission of them. Um, first from David, he says, uh, interested to hear you say you're 57. This is me, obviously not Nick, everybody. Uh, he said, <laughs> interested. To... I just wanted to clear that up. Well, thanks for the clarification. I really appreciate it. <laughs> 57 in fairly good health. And the struggle about a change was something you would like to achieve. He said, I too am 57. And despite a few niggling issues, I'm in reasonable health. And on Friday, I was diagnosed with cancer of a kidney. After the initial shock, on reflection, I'm surprised at how at peace I am, partially because medical experts have indicated that it hasn't spread and is treatable. Also, partially because I feel this is a journey on which I'm not alone and at the risk of using God as a spare wheel, it has been at these traumatic times that I have been more aware of a presence I'm much more at peace both with myself and the world than I have been for a significant time. This in part has been due to yourself and Nick as you honestly struggle with what it means to be Christ-like in a world that increasingly appears to push self. And then he says nice things about us. But he says thanks to you both, David. Mm. And, uh, well, firstly, David, just want to say, you know, you are very much in our heart and thoughts. But also thanks, thanks for sharing that sort of paradox of getting... Sort of really life-changing news suddenly, but also that sense of peace. And, you know, isn't isn't there something about life in that that you can't quite explain? Yeah, I wonder why that is, that, that actually it is these 
you know, traumatic moments or these really challenging and difficult moments that give us that sense. Yeah. You know, you'd have thought it would be the other way around. You'd have thought it'd be the coasting moments or the, you know, and I suppose there is a yeah. bit of that, but but it's those moments that bring you up short that make you, um, you know, realise, I suppose, the fragility or the, mm. the, the the fleeting nature. But, but yeah, I would think it's really powerful. David, you have our, our prayers and best wishes, but that's that's. I love the perspective there. I think. It's yeah, amazing. thanks for sharing that. Really appreciate. It. I, I think there's another thing there about just. I don't know how you feel, but very often I, when a big crisis is happening, I sort of think I deal with it fairly well. But blow me down. The other week when the printer didn't work, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, isn't a crime. I tell you what, I could have thrown that out the window and smashed it into little faces. Yeah. So yeah. frustrating. And it's like, yeah, yeah. There's, there's interesting that David experienced something of spirit, of source, of just strength coming for that big moment. That's, mm. that's interesting. OK, right. Shall I move on? Yeah, do. Yeah. Now, bear with it. This is the last bit of feedback we're going to do. It's a longer email than we would normally read out. But I just feel this is something important. I want to I want to say I have, uh, you know, asked permission to share it with you. And and just a heads up, this has got some tough things in it. So if you, you know, have a sensitive nature and can't handle tough things at the moment, you, you might want to pause or or press your own mute button. I don't know what you do. Or unsubscribe from this podcast. Yeah, frankly, no, you know. don't say that. Oh, no, no, I wouldn't say Gosh. that. No. It's just, you know, if you're already suffering, you know, <laughs> yeah. just thought of a way out. Anyway, carry on. Sorry. OK, right. So Gary says this. Hi, guys. I will start with blah, blah, blah. Over the past six years, your podcast, uh, along with a few others, have been a lifeline to me as I have evolved slowly through my own perma crisis. Um, so thank you for that. He says, my grandfather was a Baptist preacher and my father was and is a Baptist deacon. I grew up having my brain formed in the worldview of Southern Baptist systematic theology. He says, while there were many beautiful things that God brought into my life through the church, there were also so many insidious things that I'm still deconstructing even today. As an Enneagram 5, it's important for me to understand everything so I can mansplain it to others who might be confused. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out this journey of faith that is saving me is one of unlearning and letting go of control. I mean, this is gutsy stuff already. Mm. It says this past year has been difficult. Like you said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Over the past 10 years, my beliefs about God and the Bible have changed a lot, even though my wife said not. He said, that's another email. He says, while still attending my evangelical church and raising my three kids there, my own ability to hold on to faith has been saved by finding process theology slash open relational theology. A view of God who may not be omniscient or omnipotent has been immensely helpful thinking through lifelong issues as I have that I have had with theodicy. But no matter what view I have come to, my Baptist habit of trying to control the uncontrollable by understanding it all and systemising it takes over on an unconscious level. And then he says mm. this, this past year I turned 50. 
left my church. My oldest son, now my trans daughter for the past two years, became suicidal due to PTSD from abuse and trauma. My youngest child, 16, came out as non-binary and has developed some kind of neuromuscular disease that has left them using a walker and rapidly progressing to being bedridden. The doctors have not been able to diagnose what is going on yet and as an ICU nurse I've been reading medical journeys and studies non-stop trying to control the situation and find an answer. On top of that, in a minor traffic incident a couple of months ago, I had my throat slit with a knife by the oh. other driver when I got out to exchange insurance. I had emergency surgery and I'm thankful to be alive. About a month ago, I was still pushing through and doing what I needed to do when a phone conversation with my trans daughter wanting to end her life again broke me. It was like there was a thread inside holding everything together and it just broke. I went into a deep depression, started therapy and antidepressant medication. Needless to say, my most recent settled ideas about God and progressive Christian faith went through the hokey-cokey and all got shook about again. Over here, he says, we say hokey-pokey, by the way, not hokey-cokey. Interesting. He says, what I would say right now is that depression sucks. I have never experienced it to that extent before, and it is hard not having control over your own mind or emotional state. I can, however, say that this experience has given me a compassion for others with mental health struggles uh, and more compassion for others than I have ever had before. If I could go back and change some of these things, of course I would, especially for my kids, but that is not my reality. I've been learning more about love and compassion and life from my LGBTQ children than I ever did in the church. I believe that when we have kids, we receive a great gift of being able to glimpse a bit of what it's like for God. Her, her sorrow and her joy must be akin to what I am feeling and yet God does not control us. In this phase of my perma crisis I am confronted anew with the fear of death for my children and for myself. I deal with death and dying in my job every day and I thought I had it sorted but I have to admit that I don't know what happens to us when we die. That was certainty that my whole evangelical faith was built on but nobody actually knows and yet what I do know is that along with pain there is also beauty and love and possibilities open to me to lean into goodness and create something beautiful every moment within whatever circumstances I find myself in. And that is the only thing I actually can control. He said, sorry, it's so long. And that's from Gary. Hmm. Wow. There was a lot there and I didn't, I, I didn't feel we should or could ed edit it down really, because I wanted him to tell us, the story and I think it ends in such a beautiful way but in order to get there the route was through all that pain which you mm. had to mm. understand so you know I just thought it might be appropriate just to respond to Gary a, a bit uh, I did respond in a letter an email obviously but just to respond to him and just the the gutsy nature of life firstly I just wanted to say to him thank you for being so honest and for sending in and for saying we could share that and it's not untypical of others that we haven't shared <laughs> to be honest no no i mean it's mm. it we get a lot of uh, these kinds of things i mean i mm. yeah i agree there's a i'm quite humbled by um the honesty mm. really there um i would like to say it's the hokey cokey yeah pokey and, you know i think that's the perhaps that's the most important thing that's, to bring out that's what you're taking from that email <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I want to focus purely on that because <laughs> yeah. it's so much easier uh you know no, I, I i mean it's very hard i don't know how you feel it but when you're 
when you see something like this and somebody going through all this stuff, um, yeah. I don't honestly know what to how to respond to it. No. What can you do apart from sort of listen and and you know just be with them? I, suppose. I know, and I just want to. You know, you you were encouraging to me earlier, and you're saying you know go a bit easy on yourself. And I think what I what I want to say is wow goodness please be kind to yourself at this time you know that is yeah that's trauma you've gone through lots of trauma and uh and and depression is a is a very appropriate response to the level of trauma that you've been through i mean you know the road incident that's just absolutely horrific and i'm so glad mm. you're still alive and able to write in uh so you know point number gary please be uh kind to yourself and and i think the stage of faith you are at sounds like you know already better than to sort of look for answers to why these things are happening you know we always sort of want you know when you're confronted with stuff that doesn't make sense or just lots of bad news you kind of tempted to go why why it's a very natural response and i think that to to embrace as it sounds like you are doing living living within the mystery of good stuff and bad stuff and then more bad stuff and then more bad stuff happening i think is 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 probably quite important to to acknowledge sometimes there's just no reasons there's no answers like the road traffic incident that was the wrong person on the wrong mm. day who knows what was going on in their lives that they felt that that was an appropriate thing to do to you but there are no answers. Um, well, I think one of the things that comes out is how inadequate systems are to deal with reality. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. And systematic theology, and it's not just you know Southern Baptists, it's Catholic. Yeah. You know, there's all kinds. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, what was Thomas Aquinas if not trying to put together some kind of systematic yeah. theology of of life? You know, it 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 always falls apart when faced with actually the the true mysteries of life and the yeah. reality. Yeah. And and I think actually Gary has done an entirely right thing in terms of retreating from that because actually if you go further into that, it makes life much harder and much worse. And and I think it leads people to some really problematic places if you try and really systematise it from that point of view. But instead to come back to a point where you're reflecting on love and compassion and where this journey is sort of taking you um and not not giving up what really struck me in this email is he's not giving up on beauty no. and love and the possibilities of goodness and 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 the moments of creativity that in, in whatever circumstances i think that's incredibly powerful really. and i i th i feel like that was such a powerful can i read it again just the last mm. sentence well not the whole thing no no <laughs> not that and certainly not the hokey pokey uh but no, no. no. it says he said this and yet what i do know is that along with the pain there is also beauty and love and possibilities open to me to lean into goodness and create something beautiful every moment within whatever mm. circumstance I find myself in. And that's the only thing I can control. And I, I just think that that sentence is what I want to give to the church and to every worship leader and every... I think the early part of our, of our formation was bad stuff's happened. But yeah, let's just shout about the goodness of God, can we, please? And let's just, just, yeah. just recount the promises that God has made to us in the Bible. And let's just... And it's just kind of... 
you go, okay, yeah, maybe I should, you know, maybe, maybe I, you know, I shouldn't be thinking about all this negative stuff. Maybe I should just focus on God more and pray more and worship more and do all that stuff. And you, you try to whitewash out the pain until the pain is so massive that you just can't do it anymore. And then what you learn is that skill of holding intention, the reality of life, that it's full of goodness and blessing and beauty and darkness mm. and mm. horror and trauma and terrible things. And somehow our faith encompasses the whole lot and we must be allowed to give expression to that. And we've talked about this, about worship and why we don't sing more laments and why we don't do that sort of stuff, haven't we, bef before. But the hope for me in that whole email was that even having gone through all that, it was still able to recognise that you can create something beautiful in the moment and that you can lean in to the divine and that you can still, even with all that going on, there is some degree of awareness slash experience of, of a bigger story going on and that the divine is, is, is real, I suppose. But yeah, there's goodness, there's light, there's brightness, there's the experience of God's love and there's darkness and there's depth and there's depression and there's trauma. So thank you, Gary, for, for just writing something so real and bringing it to our awareness again. Yeah, I think two things really struck me from what you were saying just then. I think, firstly, standing on promises from God is not a bad thing. Um, but perhaps the promise that really matters is his promise of presence. Yes. Yes, that he, he I will always be with you even unto the end of the age that Jesus is there. And, and that's, you know, that's the one that, that is is most worth holding on to. And even the Psalms, that's what they say. You're here. You, I know you're here. Even though yeah. I can't see it. And the second, this idea that, you know, bringing something beautiful and creative out of whatever circumstances. Mm. Well, we are resurrection faith. What is resurrection? if not a moment of beautiful creativity arising from dreadful suffering. Yeah. That's that's really, you know, so core to what it is. Life comes back. Mm. You know, life life yeah. has a way, to quote great Saint uh, uh, um, Jeff Goldblum, I believe, in... Uh, oh, really? In, uh, in uh, Jurassic Park. Life finds a way, he says. Oh, right. Yeah, one <laughs> of the great prophets, I think. Uh, anyway, and... Those two things, I think, that hope and that and that promise of presence are, are kind of what I sometimes cling to in these times. But, mm. but Gary, yeah, I'm just a bit awestruck, really, to be honest, by that yeah. email and by your yeah. your willingness to share. And um, yeah. and I know that for some, you know, that's, there's got a lot of tough stuff in there, and that may yeah. be resonating with you. Um, if you're still with us, appreciate yeah. that. But yeah. I think there's a power there that uh, perhaps we we need to attend to. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, look, we've. Well, wow, that's an interesting podcast. It's a powerful old thing, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Thank you, everyone, for sticking with us. And, 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 and thank you for engaging with it, um, if yeah. you have, because that's not always easy, is it? And... No. Think what it could have been if I'd actually prepared. I mean, <laughs> yes. it could have been amazing. But as it is, it's, it's quite profound and powerful. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks to everyone who supports the podcast. Joe. Yeah. I'm going to hand over to you in your pastor mode. Well, <laughs> Would you like to do that. organize a organize a collection and send yeah, us out with a blessing? My track record is not good, is it? So, <laughs> but, but I I think uh golly, uh, the prayer of serenity seems yeah. as appropriate now as it ever does. Uh, God, 
Grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, courage to change the things we can, and wisdom to know the difference. Amen. You put your right foot in, you put your right foot out, you put your right foot in, and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Your left foot, you put your left foot in, you put your left foot out, you put your left foot in, and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Right on. You put your right arm in, you put your right arm out, you put your right arm in, and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Left arm. You put your left arm.